We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're drafting another best ball mania team on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick, two of the owners here at Rotoviz, <laughs> and we are already on the clock. We're, we're on the clock, man. No time for lead in. 20 seconds. Uh, it's the 105. We've got Jamar Chase uh, or Derrick Henry, I think, are the two picks. How do you want to build this team? Well, last time we built with Derrick Henry, so I think that puts us on Chase. Let's do it. Boom. All right. Always All right. feel good now- about a start with Jamar Chase. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So, uh, okay. Now, now back to the, uh, typical top of show banter back to you, Dave. Yes. I appreciate that. So, uh, as mentioned earlier in the week, Curtis and I are going to be drafting live on the podcast, another team in the absolutely fantastic underdog tournament, the best ball mania three, uh, in this competition, Curtis, we will be starting one quarterback. There's no tight end premium scoring. It's half point PPR. Uh, what other parameters should I make sure that the listeners are aware of? Um, start three wide receiver. Yep. Um, so I, I think that's important. Um, there's a bit of a, there's a bit of a, even though it's not traditional PPR, you know, there's a bit of a win the flex, you know, mentality here. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think just, man, the, the $2 million top prize, million dollars to second. I mean, this is a great tournament. And, uh, you know, if, if you haven't started drafting your best ball teams, you know, you're going to hear Dave and I talk about best ball mania three on underdog fantasy promo code Rotoviz gets you up to a hundred dollar match on your first deposit. And you're also going to hear us talk about the FFPC best ball uh, tournament as well. Be drafting in both of these contests all summer long we drew the one five in this particular draft and uh yeah friend of the site graham barfield actually in this this one as well dave oh nice. drafting a few spots behind us so uh we start with chase i'll run down the first round real quick and then uh, we'll be caught up for the second uh jonathan taylor goes one one mccaffrey at at one two cooper cup one three Justin Jefferson, 1-4. We took Chase, 1-5. Eckler goes at 6. Diggs at 7. Graham Barfield takes Najee Harris at 1-8. Derrick Henry at 1-9. Uh, 
Dalvin Cook, 110. Devontae Adams, 111. Travis Kelsey, 112. Mark Andrews, 2-1. CeeDee Lamb, 2-2 in the half PPR. That's uh, actually late uh, compared to what I've seen. Yeah, and I just, I just think it feels bold, man, in this format. But I, I do yeah. think that, you know... Um, well, we can talk more about CD and the Dallas Cowboys offense later. Uh, Joe Mixon, three. Aaron Jones, four. I talked about, about him a little bit last time. DeAndre Swift uh, to Graham Barfield. He starts running back, running back at the 2-5 there. Mike Evans, 2-6. And we are two two spots away here. Uh, Breddy's on the clock for 15 seconds. So, Dave, it looks like we'll be choosing from uh, by ADP, Debo Samuel, Alvin Kamara, Tyreek Hill, Nick Chubb, A.J. Brown. Um, or we could potentially go Bengals onslaught with T Higgins. Um, <laughs> do you have, do you have a thought here? Uh, my thought here is we're probably not going running back. So it really is going to come down to Samuel Hill Brown and Higgins. Okay. We are actually, I want to go Tyreek. Yeah. That's what that's I the go pick I would go to as well. All right. So why don't you break down there? Why Tyreek is, is the immediate inclination for you? Yeah, I just think of of those players that were on the on the clock there with Debo. Really, I mean, realistically, it was Tyreek, Debo, and AJ Brown. I think were the realistic picks for us there. Yep. Um, I think Tyreek is the surest bet uh, for the highest end uh, target volume, and I think he has as much touchdown upside as either of those other players uh, with how much you know he's going to have the ball in his hands. Um, and I think you know, I don't. It's it's not likely, but I think you know, AJ Brown or T Higgins could potentially come back around to us in, in the third round. Um, you know, Debo certainly wouldn't have, but I'm taking Tyreek over Debo uh, at every juncture so far this season. Yeah, I'm on board with that as well. I think that um, in terms of where these players are getting drafted in that range of outcomes, as I always talk about, you're more likely going to see Tyreek Hill landing in that spot than Debo. Even if you remove all of the kind of conjecture right now, of what that situation is going to look like with Debo, perhaps slightly agreed with San Francisco in that relationship. Uh, there are a number of things that make it harder for him to repeat his type of performance that we saw yeah. last year versus Hill assimilating into a new offense where, you know, maybe he's not going to be able to match what he was doing with Patrick Mahomes. But I think that we have enough reason to believe he's going to step in and be efficient right out of the gate. So we are already back on the clock, Curtis. So at this point, we have Jamar Chase and Tyreek Hill. Yeah, and I'm thinking either going James Conner, RB1, or Kyle Pitts as our tight end here. Uh, it's a, a bit flat at wide receiver. Do you have a preference? I don't find either way. I don't have a preference. I think, though, I do. Well, I guess I do have a preference. I lean Pitts. All right, it's locked in. Nice. It's locked in. So we're fading the running backs early here. Yep. So um, we actually, I yeah. recorded last night, recorded by myself talking about some of the early projections I had done. And this worked out because James Conner and Kyle Pitts were the two players that I had talked about. Um, and uh, James Conner, we're going to come back to him later on in the summer, you and I, and talk about him. But, uh, you know, a lot of the things that we have talked about being concerned really came to light when I started going through with the projection. Now, I'm going to go a little backwards, though, here towards that first round. Dalvin Cook is a player that we have not talked very much about this season, Curtis. Uh, did you have or, or do you have and you've done a lot of drafts at this point? Do you have any exposure to Dalvin Cook that you know of? Just a little bit. Um, it's, it's probably, 
you know, in that eight or 9% range, uh, just, you know, maybe slightly below it. If, if he drops, you know, far enough into the the top of the second um, to the middle of the second that it becomes an auto draft situation. I mean, you know, the offense is going to change and I think that they will pass more. I don't necessarily think that negatively affects Dalvin. I think he's, yep. you know, reasonably capable there uh, and still think he would be the the preference to uh, Alexander Madison. I think the team could run more plays overall this year, which would, you know, potentially benefit him as well. Um, you know, I just, you know, he's a player that's been dinged a couple times, a couple games a year. I uh, can set your clock to it. And, you know, he's getting a little bit longer of the tooth. So um, I do I do prefer some of the other backs that go in that range. I mean, I'm typically picking Joe Mixon over Dalvin Cook, um, you know, given that given that choice. Uh, and oftentimes I'm steering clear of running back in that range anyway. Yeah. So I got to bring up this stat here that's pretty interesting. So if you look at 2019 and 2020. Uh, in those two seasons, he only had one game where he went under 10 points. He did that four times in 2021. Also in 2019 and 2020, he combined for nine performances of 25 to 30 points. Uh, he did not put up a single game in that split last year. He did have one game of 30 plus, um, but he combined with uh, three between 29 and 20. So that gives him a total of 12 games above 25 points. So averaging six a game in 2019 and 2020, just one over 25 last year, as you said, getting longer in the tooth. I think it's more likely than not. We see those trends continuing. Thus Dalvin cook, Dalvin cook likes a player to me. That's an immediate pass uh, at ADP. We're up in two more picks. I'd like to go Brees hall uh, here. If, if we can, yep. um, I think it makes sense to to take a swing on the on the big time rookie here uh, to have a breakout first campaign. Yep, let's do it. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the wide receivers that are on the board at that point because I do find myself on teams where I want to go wide receiver, not being exactly sure where to turn. You have guys like Amari Cooper, who I'm not that interested in. You have both Broncos wide receivers. Chris Godwin coming off the ACL, Gabe Davis, and then Juju and Rashad Bateman and Brandon Cooks. That feels like a pretty ugly stretch of wide receiver. Uh, do you concur? Yeah, it is pretty ugly. Uh, most of those guys have to slide, you know, half around or more before I'd consider taking them. You know, I think if Amari uh, were to slide into the fifth round here, I'd have a little bit of interest uh, in the, I, I guess, you know, you're playing into you know, wanting to draft Deshaun Watson on this team yes. if we do that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, let's make the lineup make sense. Um, a full round late. Do you have interest in Zeke here on this team? Um, we're not taking him in the fourth, but at 53 overall, that's pretty tempting. Um, our options here are Zeke and Amari, David Montgomery, Chris Godwin, JK Dobbins. That's, that's the, that's the team picture there be open to either player here. I'm going to let you pick this. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I think I'm going to go, uh, I think I'm going to go Zeke here. I don't have a lot of Zeke, uh, because he doesn't drop into this range very often, but to start with Jamar chase and Tyree kill and, and Kyle Pitts at the top, wait on running back and get two potential, uh, you know, bell cows obviously on the opposite end of their career. 
Yep. But I, I think, I think Zeke and, and Brees Hall, you know, either one, you know, could, you know, could clearly, you know, push 300 touches. And I don't think it would be a surprise. I mean, health is the question. Really? For Zeke. You think 300 yeah. touches is in play for Zeke? Sure. Wow. So let me tell you, uh, now that I have done my Dallas Cowboys projection, I actually did it last evening. I have him on 210 rushes, 46 targets. So I guess that assumes then you need him about to get 44 more, which I think could happen. Um, when you look at the Cowboys backfield this year, though, how much of a split are you expecting between Zeke and, uh, you know, your boy, Tony Pollard? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the smart money is that that Pollard continues to hack away at Zeke's role. That's why I'm not drafting Zeke at ADP, but yep. we got a full round discount here. I think it makes sense to lean into the idea that having some Zeke exposure when you're not paying up for it, um, you know, if he does stay healthy and, you know, the, the Cowboys offense takes a step forward, uh, you know, Sure. I mean, I, I mean, it's not going to be, it really would not be a surprise if a healthy Zeke scored double digit touchdowns and, you know, was a back end RB one. So to get that in the fifth round, you know, it feels gross because it's just so easy to hate on him. Yep. Um, but you know, again, it's, it's the context of what did you pay? Like it, right. I, I also you know, think we, we were comparing him to, we were, we were deciding between Zeke or a wide receiver, changing teams with a quarterback that might be suspended. I mean, that's the context of the pick. Yes. <laughs> so I feel okay with it. Yeah. You know, the other thing I wanted to say that, you know, I'm coming off of the mindset of, I've just been doing projections nonstop now for a couple of days. So I have the idea of the projection in my mind, but with a backfield like Dallas has, I think that you might see some games where it's going to be like a Zeke game or a Pollard game. And that's sure. fine. Cause we might get a couple yeah. of nice weeks out of Zeke too, which can justify that pick in that context that you presented. So as we sit right now, we have two running backs, two wide receivers. We have the tight end. My mind starts looking towards quarterback. It looks like the best ones on the board right now are Hertz and Burrow, then a bit of a drop-off, in my opinion, and also from ADP to Wilson and Brady. Do you think that you're zoning in now on quarterback, or do we want to maybe consider an Elijah Moore or Michael Thomas, a Drake London, for example? Yeah, in the sixth round, I was really only looking at Jalen Hurts, and Graham Barfield uh, takes him there just three picks before us. Um, I would be okay waiting into that that next tier. Um, I would be also be okay taking... Joe Burrow here. Uh, it's, I don't yeah. have much Burrow because I think there's other players with with you know better upside at the position in this range of drafts. But if we wanted to come back and maybe sneak Hayden Hurst onto this team as our tight end two or something like that, yep, and have some more Bengals exposure. So uh, I'll let you make the pick this time. I, I would be fine with Burrow, Traylon Burks, Devontae Smith. I actually want to go Traylon Burks here. Okay. Works for me. I like the, I like the touchdown upside in the yep. in the half PPR. Yep. Now you know we have talked a lot on the show already this summer of the importance of those top tier quarterbacks, um, which I think Joe Burrow could make his way in there this year. I don't think he's as much of a lock as it might feel like. Yeah. Uh, so going after some upside there with Traylon Burks, hoping for a lot of touchdowns in that Titans offense is something that did interest me in. And I also think that, uh, you know, we're still going to be okay at quarterback because you have 
uh, Wilson, who may be in this new scheme this year, could really have a breakthrough year. You have Dak Prescott, who we've seen put up phenomenal numbers in years past. He's still on the board. Of course, you have Tom Brady. So we'll figure that piece out. Um, as you start looking at the 80 players here by... Oh, I think my... Can you hear me? My mic might have just cut out. No, you're it cut out for like a second. You're good. Okay. Um, are there any names that you look here on this list of ADP and you're, and you're just kind of like, I can't believe this guy is available right now? Available? No, I, I don't, don't see I don't anything think so. like that either. Okay. Yeah. I, if anything... I still think it's crazy that people are taking DeAndre Hopkins this early. I mean, that's oh, the name that sticks Lord. out to me. Like he's still going in the, okay, we're, we're up. Um, you know, I think we might've taken Adam Thielen on our last draft, but yep. I, I like him. Uh, I like him for this squad as our wide receiver for All right. okay with that. Ma- yes. Make that pick. And then I want you to break down the thought process behind adding Thielen to this team. Yeah, I mean, uh, multiple seasons of 10-plus touchdowns uh, in in a Kirk Cousins low passing volume offensive attack. The Vikings are, you know, switching into the uh, Kevin O'Connell offense. It's going to be more complex. They're going to play more 11 personnel. Um, you know, we, we've seen, you know, multiple wide receivers still, you know, manage, you know, well into the 100-plus target range in this offense um, that will be heavily influenced, you know, by the McVay system. So, I mean, if, if Justin Jefferson is the Cooper cup, you know, they're going to need their, their Robert Woods slash OBJ from, from last year. And I mean, Thielen, although he's getting older um, and we saw some good things from, you know, KJ Osborne, et cetera, last year, you know, I still think he's the in-house favorite to, to be second on that team um, and targets could potentially be encroached upon by Irv Smith um, uh, or Osborne, if he were to take uh, another step forward, but, you know, at wide receiver four here, Thielen, you know, stepping in as a veteran, picking up an offense quickly uh, could be a nice bridge um, to Traylon breaking out, you know, midseason. Um, and, you know, Thielen's a threat to score multiple touchdowns any week uh, that he's healthy. That's just, yes. you know, at least in the past couple of years. So um, really like it in best ball, uh, especially because he's, he's shown that consistent ability to score 20 plus points a couple times a year. Yes. Well, you know, interestingly enough, Curtis, if you go back to 2018, he's finished as the wide receiver 14 or better in terms of total touchdowns in each one of those seasons. He's been uh 14, one season, eight in another, uh, I believe third, uh, like as recently as two years ago. And then again, last year, I believe was top 10 as well. I think he was seven. So impressive numbers there by Thielen. I also think that um, with the way that offense is going to be constituted, even though he's getting older, that's still very much in play for him to have high touchdown numbers uh, yet another year. Let me kick it to you um, as we talk a couple of picks ahead uh, of our next selection. You know, this is going to be the late eighth round uh, pick 92 overall. We're four wide receivers, a tight end, and a pair of backs. And the top quarterbacks available are Stafford and Trey Lance. Yep. Um, but we've got a little bit of a running back value alley here that might make sense for our RB3. We have Kenneth Walker, uh, Cordero Patterson. Tony Pollard doesn't make a lot of sense for the squad. Uh, but we also have um, Kareem Hunt and Damian Harris. Uh, so in this corridor, are you kind of thinking more uh, quarterback, running back, or do you want to go you know, off the grid? Uh, with our tight end two or some more wide receiver depth. Hmm. 
Uh, to me, the, this pick is actually between Matthew Stafford and Kenneth Walker. Um, that's kind of where I'm leaning. So I'll let you just weigh in before I go too far down that path. Yeah, well, let's see. Let's see if either. Uh, well, we're guaranteed that one of them will make it to us. Alan Lazard goes 8-5 to Graham. That's the second time he's taken a, a player from our queue. Yep. Uh, grr. Uh, okay, I'll take. Uh, I, I like. I like Walker. Uh, the bye weeks lineup. And, you know, if he takes over that backfield, um, you know, chances are one of these two rookie studs is really going to pop and, and outperform ADP dramatically. So, yes, um, you know, and, and if if both of them take over those backfields and, and Zeke stays healthy, you know, we have quite the force here without actually investing any really elite draft capital uh, in any, any of these guys. Yep. So then we see Stafford go uh, actually after our picks, it looks like it went Lance Stafford. Valdez Scantling and then Kadarius Tony. It feels early. Wow. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that earlier than I'm early. comfortable taking Tony and Scantling. That's about a Scantling that's for sure. Okay. We're up in two more picks at one one overall. This uh, round nine pick five, still seeing uh, Patterson Pollard and hunt on the board. So we could come back at RB four, maybe yep. be done. With running back, um, if we're on a little bit of no man's land for wide receiver, we could take the chance on Christian Watson, but we've already got a rookie wide receiver. Um, Chase Claypool would be the next wide receiver by ADP. We're in a bit of a dead spot here. Really feels like running backs of value. We could go, um, you know, we could also go, you know, Derek Carr or Aaron Rodgers if we want to get our RB or our QB one. Yeah. yeah. Um. Patterson, Hunt, Singleton. Oh boy, we're on the clock and I don't really have a lean anywhere here. I guess um, Rogers, but I don't think we're going to be able to get it in. So you can click Cousins if you need. I got it in oh, one woof. second. Bit of a lag on the screen for me here, man. I was sweating that one out. Uh, it was literally at one second. It was, so, you know, we'll, we'll plan to stack with Cousins yep. on, uh, on the Thielen piece there. Now, um, it'd be nice to add at least, you know, one, one packer to the mix. Yep. Uh, there for the stacking opportunities. We come back around in the 10th round. Um, we're, we, we've now got at least one player at all three positions. I feel like we can go for the most exciting upside, um, you know, here on out. I think structurally with Kyle, getting Kyle Pitts, uh, if we were to take another tight end soon, we could put, we could consider, you know, stopping at two. Yep. Um, we could also wait a long time. If we were to miss on cousins, um, we could wait a while and then, you know, just go really late and take three quarterbacks. Yep. Um, so, I think that's you know, probably I, that what we'll do with, with either quarterback yeah. or tight end. We'll probably wait and then backfill that position there. Do me a favor right now. Can you click on to just running back and let's, um, just add some players to the queue to give listeners a sense of the type of running backs that we would, you know, identify as targets at this point in the draft to kind of round out the type of uh, running back core that we have on this team. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sure. So by ADP, uh, and we're at the nine ten turn here. Devin Singletary is the the top available. Um, I think on underdog, I like that a little bit more um, than NFFPC. You know, with the half PPR, I still would expect Singletary to lead that backfield in rushing touchdowns over James Cook. But in a PPR setting, I think it's kind of a coin toss. Chase Edmonds, I like better in full PPR, but I do think he'll lead that backfield in fantasy scoring. Uh, in Miami, that is. So I, I like him. I have plenty of Chase Edmonds exposure. Rashad Penny's here, but we've already got Kenneth Walker, Reminder Stevenson, Alexander Madison, Damian Pierce, Ronald Jones. You know, we're kind of after Edmonds, we're kind of getting past that guaranteed, you know, role uh, yep. s- situation here. So, you know, he, he would probably be a value we could consider being done. Or we could just wait a while uh, and and you know basically play this team as if you know Hall and Elliott are getting through unscathed. Well, correct me if I'm wrong here, but didn't uh, Frank Reich come out and say that we should be looking at Naheem Hines? Yeah, I mean they say that every year. They want Naheem to show up in shape. <laughs> yeah, no, I I think if I were to start building out this queue, players that I'm interested in now, obviously you're going to have Edmonds on the board. Um, my my eyes actually go to Isaiah Spiller. Um, of players. We put Algier on the last team that we did together. Um, Daryl I don't Henderson. really want three rookie running backs, though. Oh, that's like, right. I like Spiller. Like, if we hadn't taken Walker, I'd be all over that here. Yeah. But you're right. So at this point, I think we're hoping that Edmonds gets to us. Um, established vets that would be available options right now. Are there any that are of interest? Yeah, I mean, in half PPR, I do have a little bit of interest in Ronald Jones still. Yep. Um, you know, if he were to get the Damian Williams slash Daryl Williams role and actually lock it down for a full season, I think there's value there. Uh, I still am on Daryl Henderson a little bit, um, you know, in, in the 12th, 13th round. I and I, there's some later guys as well um, that it's probably too early to talk about. So right. looks like Edmonds might make it to us. Uh, we're going to be Comparing that to, you know, Michael Gallup, Tyler Boyd, and Rondo more. Right. Okay. Passing on those guys. Tight end, Fryermuth, Gesicki, top available. And then Kirk Cousins is the top quarterback by ADP. That would give us that stack with, yep. with Thielen. You have, a, you have a preference between Cousins and Edmonds here? I think that we take Edmonds, then we can just back off of running back for, for a long time. 
Yeah, that works for me. That balances out that running back group nicely. Yeah, I think uh, so. We're going to wait quite a few rounds, um, you know, probably until after round 15 to address running back again. Um, Sometimes you'll see TDP or Khalil Herbert slip past that range. Um, And then again, in, in half PPR, you know, I think you can look at uh, Mark Ingram at the end of this draft. Yep. Uh, I would really like, uh, and he compliments our bye weeks well, of course. You know, Dave and I were talking about Ingram a little bit before the show started. Uh, I, it feels like lately I have 100% exposure because of the potential for him to, to get big-time work early in the season. Okay, Cousins made it back to us in the 11th. I, I kind of like do. that now. I do. Yeah, I like that a lot. Then we're locked down at quarterback. That's a pretty good group there with Rodgers and Cousins. Um, but before I forget, Curtis, uh, Trey Sermon, I see hanging out on the board. I don't know if we've checked in on Trey Sermon yet this offseason. Yeah, I actually ended up checking in on Trey Sermon uh, over on... Um, Oh, what is the Roto Wonder uh, Mind of Mansion? Mind, Mind of Mansion. Of, yeah, yes, on Ro- yes, Ro- yes. I was trying to think of. I was setting you up here, Curtis, because I knew that you yes. had talked about this. Yeah, so I went over uh, and talked with the Podfather on the Mind of Mansion uh, show last week, and we did check in on on Trey Sermon um, and and uh, with TDP, and I'm not ready to just completely write off Trey Sermon um, because I. You know, the point I made on that show, in case the listeners didn't hear it, is that I think he was drafted to play in the post-Garoppolo offensive scheme. I mean, Sermon played in his own read-run offense at Ohio State. I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what the team will run when they switch over to Trey Lance. And, you know, that I could see that still working, but we've also had a shift from Mike McDaniel to Anthony Lynn as the run game coordinator. And we know Lynn kind of likes the the big pounders, <laughs> which is why they went and got TDP. And he's already been uh you know quoted several times saying that they wanted to get bigger at the position. Uh he is the guy who uh pounded the table for Joshua Kelly. Oh in god, Los Angeles. I remember that. Yep. Yeah. So so you know I, I still think I think Sermon's good enough to get a, a bit of a shot at some point, um, but I don't think it'll come until after you know Lance is definitely in the role, and you know his path certainly got tougher with another third round pick on the squad now. Yeah, I mean it's undeniable that that is the case, um, but I, I can certainly take those points and and see that as a as a possibility here. You know, another running back that I don't think we have talked about, and we have not talked about his offense very much, but we might have to come back to this because we're on the clock, but uh, the Jaguars, we might want to talk quickly about after we make our pick. Uh, so yeah, that'd be great. Yes. Yeah. All right. So in the queue so right Jarvis now. Landry, yep. Yeah, Jarvis Landry and Van Jefferson uh, by ADP are the top wide receivers available. I'm fine actually adding either one of those guys uh, to this team for for uh, different reasons. Yep. Um, deeper, we've got DJ Chark, David Bell, George Pickens, KJ Osborne. So um, we, we we could go with the Osborne stack, but I think that's their next round. Do you like Landry or Jefferson? Better? Let's go Jefferson. We went Landry last time. Jefferson, you're kind of making a play here on what if it turns out that Allen Robinson is actually washed. Yeah. At this point, then I think that you're very realistically looking at a season where Van Jefferson can far outplay 
his ADP. So this goes back to, you know, some of the stories you have to try and tell when you're putting together teams at this juncture in a draft, especially in a tournament where we're going to have exposure to a lot of different players and a lot of different configurations. <sighs> All right. So the only position we're not doubled up on at this point is tight end. Uh, we started with Pitts. He's got a, a, a week 14 by we're still going to want a little bit of upside there. Uh, at, at our tight end too. I think Pitts is good enough that you know he could even figure his way into our flex occasionally. Uh, so having another capable tight end um, is a way to have a little bit of an edge. Um, you know, I, I would see upside cases for Noah Fant um, and Gerald Everett, and then you know, really, if we wanted to wait really late and get cute, um, I do think that Hayden Hurst is probably a better player than CJ Uzama. And the Bengals don't have any depth behind him. Yeah. So I think he, yeah, I think he's going to be a pretty good value late. Um, it just kind of depends on which round uh, you want to go. Where do you, what do you like here at this pick though? Mm. I think I actually lean towards one of the tight ends here. It's a bit early. It is a bit, early. A bit yeah, early. So maybe we can, I, I want to go Osborne. Osborne and, yeah. And get, let's stack the Vikings yep. there. Yep. Yeah. I like that. Okay. Um, yeah, I think all three of those tight ends actually will make it back to us in round 14. Uh, that snuck up on us getting on the clock there. So, all right, so, uh, but yeah, our next pick's 164, and all three of those tight ends have ADPs of 169 or later. So I think one of them will be there for us. Yes. All right. So while we have a minute here, um, James Robinson, Travis Etienne, do you find yourself getting you know any level of exposure to either of these players? Yeah, ETN for sure uh, would have been a consideration, I think, in the fifth, um, had he been there. Um, had he and Zeke both been there, you know, I would have been interested in ETN uh, yep. over Zeke. Um, and I do have some fifth round exposure to him. I haven't been really going higher um, because I haven't really needed to. But he's kind of being treated like a dead zone running back, and I just don't really get it. Um if if Robinson was fully healthy, but man, Robinson's injury was like at the very end of the season. I just don't think he's going to be ready to go right away. And I think ETN could run away with the job. It's just how valuable will that role be? Um, will he be super involved in the passing game? Um, or, you know, will they have more of a short check down offense rather than a dump off offense? Or will Chenault, you know, maybe get, you know, transitioned into a third down, you know, back, you know, kind of hybrid role type thing. Just don't really know enough about how they're going to use ETN in the passing game yet. It's certainly more fun to say he's going to be an 80 target guy, 80 plus target guy, and uh, kind of reprise what he and Lawrence were doing in college. Um, and that's, you know, range of outcomes, but it's also just range of outcomes. He's not going to be as special as he was in college post injury, and the Jags will continue to suck despite the regime change. So, um, you know, those are some of the warning, warning signs to consider on him. Yeah. And when, when I try to conceptualize what could happen in my head, I, I think that, you know, you don't need ETN getting to 80 targets for him to be able to return on um, ADP. I think with something like 45 or 50, he could still manage to do it. Uh, but it is very hard to actually go ahead and select him with all of the uncertainty around right now. So you spoke about ETN. I don't know if you actually mentioned how you're handling Robinson. He's just a total fade for me. Yep. I mean, 
until I get a health update. I mean, I'm going to yeah. be drafting all summer. You know, maybe I'll get some August shares if if things start to trend up. I'm fine missing on them here because, you know, uh, right now I'm kind of just viewing them as untouchable. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm treating him like DeAndre Hopkins. Like he's yep. going to miss half the season. I can't. I'm not going to take that zero. Right. Yeah. Robinson really just falls into that category where there's just not much of a compelling reason to take him. It's just the odds of him doing uh, anything worthwhile this year are pretty low. All right, we are back so we're on, on the, the clock. clock. Yeah, uh, I'd be in on Fant or Everett here if you have a preference between the two tight ends. Hmm. I think I have a preference for Everett. Let's do it. Nice. All right. So Curtis, if we look at the board, how many rounds are we through right now? That was our 14th pick. Uh, So we will have four more selections to make. Our current roster construction is two QBs, four running backs, six wide receivers. We have a little bit of a a stack of buys in week seven that we're going to need to address. Um, and then we could potentially be done at tight end if we don't come back and add uh, a, a tight end three, you know, super late. Got it. Um, one player that I added to the queue that I don't have much exposure to, but because we drafted Rogers could make some sense. Uh, what are your thoughts on adding Sammy Watkins to the squad? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think we can we can go ahead and do that. So I, I was actually kind of in the process of looking at Green Bay before we started recording here and there's a lot of targets up for grabs in that green bay offense it's really hard to say outside of alan lazard exactly how that total gets you know, you know that distribution gets broken down so you know i think you get a couple of weeks here and there maybe from sammy Watkins where he actually returns on it also um and this might have played into your logic right we have rogers on this team i think you already you already pointed that out right yeah, that's like literally that's, that's the only the reason. reason. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Otherwise, I, I'm not I'm not touching it. But, you know, we had Rogers as a value, uh, a value pick, um, you know, comparatively speaking, you know, versus the other positions that were available. It was a, a bit of a panic pick. Yep. And so, you know, propping that up with, you know, at least one pass catcher feels good. There's not really anybody else this late in the draft that right. it makes sense um, to to target. We're not on on Tunyon really. And, yep. you know, if, I think you can even do a, a, a weird stack with Rogers. Like I'd almost probably the stack with Rogers that I would like the most is actually like Aaron Jones <laughs> with Aaron Rogers. Um, you know, but you got to start that. You got to start that logic much earlier in the draft. Well, we, you know, we it's not out. Yeah. It's not outside of the realm of possibility that you do see Sammy Watkins getting like 70 targets this year, which comes out to sure, around like yeah. four a game, which isn't terrible, but you know, it, it could prove to have some value. So at, at this point, Curtis, I think that, you know, we're feeling good about wide receiver. There could be a conversation of, if we need to add another running back, I though actually am kind of leaning towards rolling the uh, proverbial dice here with the group that we have and, and adding another wide receiver, and then we'll see what's hanging out at a tight end. The Hay- Hayden Hurst though is kind of intriguing. Yeah, I I'm kind of that's kind of where I want to go actually on on the squad. Um, oh, and he goes he goes at fifteen eleven. I I don't see him go that that early uh, usually. Yep, that's uh, about a. You know, I think that was nearly a full round earlier than than ADP. Uh, maybe somebody is hacked into the stream yard here, but um, you know, I think it makes sense to you know, and 
you know, Hurst could really be a little bit of a Dawson Knox from last year, you know, type play where you're targeting, you know, an offensive figures to pass the ball a lot, score a lot of touchdowns. He's, he's, you know, down the pecking order a little bit in terms of targets, but he, he brings an element um, that's not covered up by multiple other players on the team. I mean, the Bengals do have T Higgins that brings the size to the equation down near the red zone, but you know, Hurst, Hurst might be the biggest target that they have down there. The the biggest, most obvious target. And, you know, Burrow is going to be the, the best quarterback that he's, he's ever played with. And definitely is, this is the, the most attention that defenses have had to pay to the other pass catchers on his squad, you know, starting out with the Ravens and then going to, um, you know, basically the broken Julio era version of the Falcons. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, that would have been a nice pick. Uh, tight end really is pretty dried up. Evan Ingram actually went as well. Yep. Um, would have been the other guy I would have considered. So we could potentially not touch up position again. The only running back that I'd be super enthusiastic about adding to our group of four um, would be Mark Ingram. I think we can wait till around 17 to do it. Yep. Um, and, and feel good. So, so really, you know, round 16 here is kind of just, you know, which wide receiver are you the most excited about? We've got Wandale Robinson, uh, in, in New York, um, you know, kind of fighting for the same types of touches as Kadarius Tony. Kendrick Bourne, um, it, is pretty interesting to me as a, as a touchdown, uh, scorer. Um, I, we might have added him on our last squad. I would probably be, be between Kendrick Bourne. Uh, and Julio Jones for this pick. Do you have a preference? So we actually went with Thornton. We went with the rookie from New England last time. So I say, let's go Kendrick Bourne. That's great. Yeah. Okay. And that helps out, you know, with that week 10 by. Um, so we're, we're, we're eight receivers deep. We can, you know, we can target running back uh, with Ingram in round 17 and then, and make a luxury pick and in, in round 18, we could come back you know, potentially with like a Carson Wentz as a QB three. Um, if we wanted to add, you know, another, uh, another quarterback to the mix and then, you know, a tight end, let me just sort by that position and see if there's anything worth, worth targeting Austin Hooper, Brevin Jordan, CJ Uzama. I mean, I don't know. I think, I think at that, that point I'd almost rather just add the third quarterback if we're not going to add another, you know, receiver. Yeah. Um, let me see just the wide receivers again. Wide receiver, it's Julio as uh, the top by by ADP, yep. and we're on the clock. We've got Justin Ross, Nico Collins, Devin Duvernay, James Washington, Brian Edwards. Um, we could also go Romeo Dubes. Uh, oh, that's interesting. You know, another Green Bay pick. Um, me- I, I want to take Ingram here in round 17, though. Do it. Just lock that down. Yeah, do it. So we, but now we can get back to our round 18 plans. So the argument for Carson Wentz might be, um, you know, if, if Dawson were to, to pan out, um, this might be the most attractive overall, uh, pass catching corp that he's had in his time in the NFL. Like he actually is pretty good downfield passer and McLaurin really excels there. And I think the team could really have some weeks where, you know, if they get into the right game script, you know, Wentz could have a couple, you know, 25 plus point fantasy weeks. He's also going to probably have some real snoozers. Um, but, you know, he could, he could help us out. 
you know, it is a little bit of a concern, you know, the, the really late season by, you know, from, from Aaron Rodgers, but uh, you know, Wentz actually goes a couple of picks before us there. So that comes off the board. The only other, the only other uh, quarterbacks to talk about at this point would be Davis Mills and Marcus Mariota uh, and Kenny Pickett. So kind of rather probably just go with another wide receiver. So speaking though of Mariota, Brian Edwards arriving in Atlanta, mm-hmm. uh, it looks like the, obviously you're going, well, I shouldn't say obviously, but you definitely have Pitts sitting at the, you know, top of the rank there. You, <laughs> Drake London could see maybe 20, 21%, I think maybe even 22% of the target share behind them. It's pretty wide open. Patterson probably is the next player that you would talk about in that equation. Now, Brian Edwards had kind of an exciting profile coming out of school in Las Vegas, wasn't really able to put it together. I don't think we've broken down if this trade moves the needle on him at all for you. Yeah, I mean, I th- I think it does. Um, but, you know, he'd be the team wide receiver two at best, which puts him at target number three in a Marcus Mariota captained offense. So, I mean, I just, yep. you know, when you start really layering it all in, I mean, I think he's more interesting in Dynasty than, uh, you know, than, than this draft here. Yeah. Uh, I, would ra- I would rather maybe roll the dice on a second Green Bay uh, target. Um, I think if we were going to go for other younger players, I think, uh, you know, Vilas Jones could potentially be the number two in Chicago. Uh, you could go, I mean, you know, it's disgusting, but Randall Cobb actually might even be a, oh boy, in play here just because we have Rogers. Yeah, but I mean, I think uh, I'd prefer to have dubs. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm probably, I'm probably out on that. Um, yep. Any interest on Zay Jones in Jacksonville? Yeah, I mean, I'd have more. I think I would have more interest there than than I would on on Edwards. I think it's a little bit easier. I mean, a you know, Jones got got paid. Uh, and B, I think it's easier, a little bit easier to envision, you know, Trevor Lawrence stepping forward, yeah, uh, under Doug Peterson, you know, considering his prospect profile and Peterson's history of helping quarterbacks, you know, somebody, but you know, I mean, Zay Jones could out-target Christian Kirk. Like, I don't think it would be that. Sorry, we had technical difficulties and lost audio for about a minute. Here's Curtis recapping how. The draft played out. Team, let you know how it turned out, and then uh, we'll we'll move forward. So we end up with Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins at quarterback. We've got a, a, a week fourteen buy from Rodgers, a week seven buy from Cousins. We did talk about you know the idea of the Minnesota Vikings passing attack really taking a step forward this season, and uh, we we backed that up by selecting Adam Thielen and KJ Osborne. Um. Let me actually, it closed us out of our draft now. So let's open it back up. There we go. Uh, at running back, we took Brees Hall. Uh, we waited until round four to do that. We took Ezekiel Elliott in round five at a full round discount. Please do not translate that into we are targeting Zeke. Um, but we did take the value there. Then we waited a few rounds on running back. We came back with Kenneth Walker, 
Chase Edmonds and Mark Ingram. I really like this five spot of backs here. And, you know, I, I've had some drafts where I'll take six. I've had some drafts where, where I'll take four. Um, five seems to be, you know, my comfort spot. And I'm really excited about this, uh, this quintet. Wide receiver, we ended up really deep on. Um, you know, we started out with Jamar Chase at the 105, uh, came back with Tyree Kill in the second round, took a little bit of a pause as we attacked tight end and, and some of the, the round four and five running backs. We come back with Traylon Burks, Adam Thielen, lots of touchdown upside there, uh, you know, kind of alternating as our, our weekly wide receiver three, probably. Van Jefferson is a, a play on Allen Robinson not panning out or potentially just continuing his you know, ascension. He was pretty hot for uh, a spell there you know, last season. And I don't think it's Im- impossible to think that you know, he actually just out-targets uh, you know, Robinson this year. There has, seems to be a lot of momentum uh, for A-Rob, but it's been quite some time since we've seen him excel in any manner. Uh, we already talked about Osborne and Thielen being stacked with Cousins. We did backdoor into a, a green Bay stack for the Aaron Rodgers pick with Sammy Watkins um, striking 3.9 picks earlier than his 176 ADP. Um, so go really early <laughs> on Sammy Watkins there. I actually like the Kendrick Bourne pick that we made two rounds later um, a lot more uh, the early, the early camp sightings up in, in new England. Of course, they're an offensive transition as well is that they're going to be playing a lot more three wide receiver sets this year. And Bourne has been in the starting lineup in that, uh, in that set. And then we ended up with Zay Jones to round out that group. We just go two tight ends in this draft, two tight ends, two quarterbacks, um, Kyle Pitts and Gerald Everett, the plays uh, Pitts. you know, if you view him as a wide receiver, you know, uh, wide receivers who uh, amass a thousand plus yards in their first season, um, you know, uh, in recent memory, you know, are great bets to, to exceed 1200 yards in, in year two. And uh, I think taking a step forward uh, with a little extra protection around him makes a lot of sense this season. Um, and you would also expect, you know, maybe a, a bounce back toward league average in terms of touchdown rate uh, per target uh, for Pitts because he was notably weak there last year. And then Gerald Everett as the number two in the context of the Los, Los Angeles Chargers offense, you know, Figures that uh, Justin Herbert will throw plenty of touchdowns again um, this season, and Everett could certainly be the beneficiary of that. I also would would think that Austin Eckler would potentially uh, post fewer receiving touchdowns. So even if Herbert doesn't take another step forward, I think a redistribution to to other positions uh, would would make a lot of sense uh, as, as a regression to the to the mean rates there. So uh, Dave, we lost for a minute, and he's back. I just gave the rundown on the team. How do you feel about this draft? Anything you'd do different if we were coming back at it again uh, or anything we should consider for you know our third exercise next week? Yeah, I think that one thing that I'd probably like us to do to be a little bit more prepared next time is in that range where we took Sammy Watkins and I get why we did it. We might need to identify a couple more wide receivers that we actually have in the queue that we feel a little bit better about at that point in the draft. Um, or I, it's very hard to do because, you know, these drafts are very iterative depending on what's happened prior maybe have a different plan of attack there. Really, when I look at this team, that's like the only pick that I don't like is that Sammy Watkins, although I get why we did it. Um, that stands out to me. Uh, I, I'm pretty on board with the rest of it though. I mean, this team's winning a million dollars. 
Well, that means it's second place. So hopefully okay, the, the okay. team we yeah, drafted, yeah, right. uh, hopefully okay. the team we drafted two weeks ago will win the two million. Yes, yes, and, yes. And uh, then then we'll be sitting really pretty. Um, yeah, I think if I was being critical, uh, if I if I was being critical, you know, I'm not sure it it made a lot of sense to, for us to make the panic Rogers pick. Uh, I think I actually. That's the one that put us on Sammy. I think after we made the Rogers pick, drafting Sammy made sense because we we didn't hit on Christian Watson and we didn't have access to Aaron Jones um, at at a spot where we would have wanted him earlier in the draft. So backing Rogers up, I have no problem with. We probably should have just gone a different direction um, and 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 had a, a three quarterback squad here mm-hmm. with Cousins at the top. Maybe come back with a Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields. Um, you know, to add some of that rushing upside at the position. And then, you know, we could have rounded it out in round 16, 17, you know, with, with your, you know, Carson Wentz, you know, type, type quarterback. So I think if I could have a pick back, I would actually take the Rogers pick back. Got it. Well, the beautiful thing about these best ball drafts, Curtis, is it's easy to do a tremendous amount of them. So, you know, having a team (laughs) built this way isn't the end of the world for us. Uh, But, you know, it definitely goes to highlight just the practice that you get in these reps that you get from doing all of these drafts, because collectively we have done a lot at this point and you can still find sections of drafts, depending on how things gone, where you're not exactly sure where to go. So getting that practice really helps, especially with these 30 second timers. Yeah. I think that's, that's the other thing is, you know, the live versus slow element. Um, You know, I'm 24 drafts into best ball mania three now, including this one. And you know, this is only the second, that's the third live one I've done. I've done uh, one on my own and now we've done the two together. And, you know, there really is a benefit to that eight hour clock. Um, you know, at this point of draft season, there's not really a lot of like news cycle benefit. I know a lot of people get, you know, annoyed when you get into training camp, you know, you get into the latter stages of July, early August, those slow drafts get a bit, uh, uh, get a bit annoying. Um, as people are really kind of trying to find that edge and, you know, strike around it too early, you know, when somebody pops up uh, in, in the blurb cycle. But at this point, you know, all it's really doing is allowing you to, you know, take a second to think through a pick before you make it. So, um, however, you know, I think part of the dream is that, you know, you just run really pure in a draft that's whizzing by and people make those mistakes and, and let a player, you know, slip to, to you. So maybe in this draft, that'll end up being Zeke. Uh, for us, maybe this is, you know, the one Zeke share that we'll have because he slipped a whole round and that would be the key, uh, to everything. So yeah, definitely appreciate you bringing up, you know, the idea that the practice reps really help. Uh, but you know, if you don't want to get those live practice reps, you don't even have to, you can, you can join the eight hour draft option there. Um, best ball mania is only 10% full at this point. Um, there's going to be over 400,000 entries this year, uh, just over 40,000 entered. So still plenty of opportunity. So again, go to underdogfantasy.com, use our promo code ROTOVIZ uh, with your first deposit and they'll match you up to 100 bucks. So you put in 100 bucks, that's going to get you four dice rolls uh, into Best Ball Mania 3 and you're going to get four extra on the house. Um, so for just $100, eight entries into a contest where you could win $2 million, kind of hard to beat that deal. So check that out, underdogfantasy.com. Thank you for listening to the RotoViz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. 
follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. 